up everybody it's ogilby straight and this is the uh 78th episode of the experimentalist podcast this episode is going to be a little bit different because what i'm going to do today is um i guess like another podcast version of scurry mix scurrington and this is probably going to come out after halloween but that's cool um, Scurry McScurrington is a musical kind of Halloween experimental live thing that I've done five times so far. Um, and it's always been just some sort of improvised thing and I, uh, try to tell a story. And, um, we, at, uh, in Life on Mars... Sorry if I've got to clarify this, but the David Bowie band that I play keys in, um, we were in talks to do uh, like a live Scurry McScurrington with us as the backup band, and it eventually got denied. We performed on Halloween still, but we kind of just did uh, pretty much a normal, a normal show for us. Um, we were wearing costumes and stuff like that, and we did a couple different weird things. There was a funny, uh, pretty intense costume change where Will pretty much changed into the Ziggy onesie costume on stage not going off and doing it behind closed doors or something like that so that was pretty cool um and different we uh played with sam reed doing under pressure too and her band uh cosmic blues janice joplin thing was out of this world and i felt personally i felt just so awesome being part of that night being able to play and all the super cool musicians that she has in her band it was freaking awesome but anyway um so we were gonna do scurry possibly and um it just got denied because i I think mainly like people don't really know us all uh that well yet so we you know, probably wasn't the best idea to go out and do something super bizarre um, when we're still trying to get to know people. So anyway, uh, I just decided I'll, I'll probably just tell the story here. So, um, so check it out. You know, thinking about how we still want people to get to know us, I just thought I'd tell the story about how we actually came together as a band. And it started from my perspective. I want to say that right out front because um, it definitely started in the mind of Rusty Farmer, the bass player and the creator of the idea uh, it started in his mind as like a dream. So 
I can only, I mean, I kind of want to just tell it from my perspective. So at, at the time that the kind of story began for me, I was walking around town and I was feeling pretty down on my luck at the time. But it was a real cool moment to be feeling down on your luck because it's, it was that actually that moment where you start realizing that you might be turning, turning a corner. Like you're just, you know, better things are out there. You're just waiting to run into them. And I was right at that point. I was walking down Boulevard uh, after, I think after seeing a movie and I went into Fat Dragon. And when I walked in there, it was kind of empty and Rusty was sitting up at the bar. have this memory that he was definitely sitting alone but there was people still kind of nearby so I had to squeeze in there um, I didn't know Rusty pretty much at all at this time but I just saw him sitting there and I wanted to go have a conversation so anyway we start we start talking and he starts telling me about this dream that he had and that it involved David Bowie, who I didn't really know that much about. I had never gotten deep into his catalog or anything. I knew some some stuff. I think the most thing I was familiar with was uh, his jam he did with Mick Jagger, which we don't play, by the way, because... That was that was brought up pretty much on the first day, first rehearsal that I went to was that we're not going to be doing that song. So totally understandable. But anyway, as he kept talking, his voice started to fade away because there was this band playing in the background. And all I actually heard coming out of his mouth started to be just bass sounds. And then when I started talking back to him, I didn't even hear my voice coming out of my own mouth. It just was piano sounds or keyboard sounds. You know, as a keyboard player, we play a lot of weird non-piano-y stuff, and sometimes that was coming out. But after a certain point, I just knew what he was talking about. And I knew that I needed to try somehow to get involved in making this dream a reality. So we we uh, kind of finish finish our drinks and 
uh, we both walk out together, and I'm I'm pitching whatever idea I can, just saying. I mean, at the same time, I didn't really know anything about playing music. I still don't know much, but I know a whole. I know a whole lot more. I can also play a lot more than I could back then. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, we walked outside, and it was crazy because the conversation was intense. But we kind of stopped at one point because we noticed that there was this rumbling happening. Some sort of, like the street itself was bumping and pulsating. And it felt like something dangerous was about to happen. I remember us looking around trying to figure out where this was coming from and it was getting more intense and the literally we were kind of hopping off of the street just by the vibrations alone and we eventually noticed looking a little bit down the street at Growlers to go something was going on there was this dark golden light kind of trying to shine out the windows it was it was dull, but it was prominent. You could see it. So we start rushing over there and quickly notice that there's people inside and the place itself was filling up with beer. We tried to, when we got there, we tried to open the doors. People were banging on them, saying like, let us out, we gotta get out of here. We were trying to open the doors, but it turned out there was this freak accident where the keg systems built into the wall, something erupted in there, and all of the beer in the place started shooting out everywhere. The walls were kind of busting and beer flying out the holes and all that stuff. And somehow also during this catastrophe, the the doors sealed shut probably as some preventative mechanism for something I don't know but the people couldn't get out and the place was filling up with beer at like a foot per minute and we couldn't get in so we were kind of freaking out and right at that same moment behind us there were there was like a car driving full freaking speed straight at us and behind it were two maybe three cop cars i don't remember but some crazy chase was going down and they were and the truck in the front was flying straight at us we told everybody in Growlers to, to go, like, you got to get out of the way. You got to get out of the way. And they did. We jumped out of the way. This truck comes flying through the front door. Smashes into the back wall that's already erupting. And the whole place blows up <laughs> into a giant sinkhole. 
and everybody sucked down. It's the cops, the people in Growlers to Go, us, and the truck, which was driven by one of the other members of this band, Aaron Thompson. Sinkhole opens up and, you know, we're all pulled down into the earth almost on like this giant mudslide. And everybody's kind of zipping around, flying back and forth. And the mudslide thing, it started out as a giant slide, but it narrowed down to where it separated it in, into all these different tunnels. So everyone pretty much split up and was flying through the earth in a crazy giant beer slide and it was you know for the first couple minutes maybe not minutes maybe it seemed like minutes like the first 30 seconds of it it seemed exciting and fun but quickly it became scary because you were alone all of a sudden and sliding into the center of the earth it felt like so it seemed like you're gonna die but luckily some of us made it out alive what happened we ended up the the mudslide tubes funneled into an, a giant room kind of like a giant cave and the people that uh, ended up in this cave were me and Rusty and Aaron, but also Will Gorman and Boogie were drinking at Growler, uh, Growlers to Go. So we all found ourselves in this cave and it didn't take long before Rusty started bringing his dream up again and kind of saying that he had this feeling like this was all part of it that his dream really was coming true and it involved all of us and let me tell you we were all ears Thank you. 
So as we stood there and Rusty explained the dream, which was now turning into a plan, I was standing in such a way where I could kind of see back behind everyone. And I noticed a figure start to appear in the background, in the shadows. And he started coming in closer behind everyone and he was wearing red he was carrying something that looked like a pitchfork and he seemed evil I gotta say he approached us and he cut Rusty off and he said look I can guarantee that all of this your dream the plan, the band, all of it, it's going to come true. And I can guarantee it. I can personally make it happen. You all just have to accept one thing. And that thing is, I am the last member of this band. So we had a lot to contemplate at this time because we were all pretty psyched about Rusty's idea that we were going to be able to try out this band and all this stuff, but we were pretty sure that this guy was the devil. So, you know, there's not always the best uh, final scenarios for rock and roll bands that mess around with the devil. And this guy was trying to join our band, you know. But he made the decision even harder because without letting us really have a final say, he turned around and whipped out that pitchfork thing wasn't a pitchfork at all. It was a fiery red Fender Stratocaster. And he just turned the sucker on and blasted it. Thank you.
so this guy's guitar solo was so powerful that it erupted everything. I don't even know how to explain it. It just set off instant fireworks, instant explosions. Just, it was so much energy that it was able to force us upward back through the earth, going straight up through the earth's crust and still with so much force, almost like a rocket ship, just blasted us all straight into outer space. He saved us with his guitar. But this amount of musical force, you know, it wasn't, it didn't come without some consequences. I mean, first thing, it tore up my pants, like around the sock area a little bit. Um, other than that, it completely changed Boogie's whole appearance for like a week. When we actually played the Halloween show in um, at the Camel, he, he was like a different person. Thirdly, I don't know if this was part of the plan either, but during the guitar solo, during us flying through outer space, the power of it seemed to just rip off this whole red devilish costume off the guitar player, revealing that the whole time it was actually John Connolly, which was perfect because we still needed that guitar player to finish the band. So right there, just kind of like he predicted, Rusty predicted, that was it. That just kind of put all the pieces together. You know, and I guess the last major consequence was that we were now floating around in outer space. How was that going to work? Well, it was at that time that we were visited. And I can't really say if it was the lack of oxygen or what, but we all had the same experience. We were visited by a larger than life, larger than the universe, it seemed, version of David Bowie sitting at a piano. And he said, nothing. He just played. And it made us feel like we were on the right path. So that's pretty much it. I mean, that's where we were about a year ago when we all kind of met and started playing. So, um, yeah, that's the end of session 78 of the Experimentalist podcast. This is Scurry McScurrington 6 episode. Um, you know, uh, I'm not really sorry that we didn't perform it live 
it just wasn't the time and that's cool but I still wanted to get the story out there so hopefully I mean hopefully you enjoyed getting to know us and where we got started and all that stuff because I think the origin story is important these days but anyway um, just want to finish everything off uh, again, I'm Ogilby Straight. This is Scurry McScurrington 6. This session is brought to you by New Belgium Ranger India Pale Ale. It's also brought to you by Life on Mars and Richmond VA and Bus 1 and 2. Hooking it up like they always do. Hope you love life. Peace.